Hi folks, and welcome to the 23rd edition of Weber's Whipping Post, coming from my office in Bourbonnet, Illinois. I'm Weber, and I'm delighted you took the time out of your schedule to listen. This episode is entitled, My Take on the PGA and LIV Merger. Today I'm going to talk about the polls and why long shots run, what the Republican candidates are worth, Biden's impeachment, update the woke corporate losses, a CNN analyst with a pulse, shootings in Denver after the Nuggets win, Tucker Carlson, and much more before winding up with my latest commentary. Hey, this episode comes to you from the George Ryan Jr. Insurance Company. Call the George Ryan's Insurance Company at 815-936-0075 for a quote today or look them up at their website at www.grinsure.com. You can depend on the folks at George Ryan's Insurance Company for nearly all your insurance needs and in many states. That's 815-936-0075. As of the week of June 12, Donald Trump's lead in the polls has widened due to the ridiculous indictment leveled against him for having classified documents in his home. I say ridiculous, folks, not because it may or may not be a crime, but because our Department of Injustice has indicted Trump while it is known Joe Biden has stacked classified documents in his garage, his basement, and Corvette, and because Hillary Clinton was allowed to bleach her hard drive containing classified information, neither of which have been indicted. There is even evidence Biden's conversations were recorded by a Ukraine Burisma executive and the FBI has them as well. Yet not one indictment or impeachment. CNN's internet headline on Tuesday giddily screams, Trump under arrest. Trump's is not a real indictment, folks. It's a political witch hunt, and special counsel Jack Smith is a shill for the Democrat Party. You can quote me on that, Jack, but I digress. Real clear politics polls show Trump is at 56% right now, Ron DeSantis is at 27%, Mike Pence at 5 Nikki Haley at 4 Tim Scott at 3 Vivek Ramaswamy at 2 and the rest wondering why the hell Chris Christie, Doug Burgum, and Asa Hutchinson are even running. Well, it was me that was wondering, so I did some checking into wondering why a candidate runs knowing they don't stand a snowball's chance in hell of winning. My hunch was that they were enriching themselves. Well, I was wrong. In fact, there are clear laws against a candidate from enriching him or herself unless they are just an outright mastermind crook with a dishonest slush wound. A candidate with money left over after dropping out or losing an election can A. Donate to charity that they're not part of B. Donate up to $2,000 to another candidate C. Gift donations of a nominal value to non-family members. D. Transfer to local, state, or national party committees. And E. Transfer to future election campaigns. So, with money out of the picture, the reasons to run are varied, but usually altruistic in nature. Hard to believe you can actually put the words altruistic and politician in the same sentence, but supposedly it happens. It is said they mean to get their message out and hopefully cause the leading candidates to adopt some part of their message. They might also be posturing for a White House job or a future run for the presidency. 
or as in the case of Chris Christie, it could just be that he is a zealot wasting his time trying to trip Trump. That is his stated goal, by the way, not my conjecture. Given the net worth of these candidates, it's hard to believe they are going through the grueling political process just to manipulate a slush fund. Yes, I looked up their net worth anything from my loyal listeners. These interesting numbers are mostly from Forbes. Trump is worth two and a half billion. Would it be DeSantis three hundred and twenty thousand? Haley three million. Pence four million. Scott two hundred thousand. Ramaswamy six hundred million. Since I was hard on Christie, a former lobbyist, I had to look him up too. He's worth five million. Hmm. I found it impressive that Ron DeSantis and Tim Scott were both politicians and each worth less than $325,000. Hey, on Monday the 12th, Tennessee Republican Andy Ogles introduced official articles of impeachment against both Biden and his Vice President Harris. For the record, I wanted to call them shits and giggles, but I have been advised not to call people names, so I didn't call them that. Anyway, Ogle's articles, that's hard to say, accuses Biden of having weaponized the presidency during both his tenure as president and when he was vice president under the Obama crime spree. Harris was cited for her extreme incompetence. Well, this will get Ogle's his 15 minutes of fame, but really, Andy, who is going to prosecute the impeachment? There is evidently not an honest person over at the Department of Injustice my weekly woke scoreboard update. Target losses have now hit $15.7 billion. Bud Light is down $27 billion. Just keep going woke, guys, as Mark Cuban now thinks it's good for business. Wonder what Cuban would think if everybody stopped going to the Dallas Mavericks basketball games because of wokeness. Maybe it wouldn't be so good for his business after all. Hey, imagine that. The Denver Nuggets won the NBA Finals, and there was a shooting on the streets of Denver as everybody was celebrating. Nine people were injured, three in critical condition. There is so much to opine on this issue, but what's the use? Until the big cities stop electing liberals, situations like these will continue to get worse. Hey, the Beatles are releasing a new song, which would be their first in over 50 years. Evidently, there was an unfinished song left off their last record that they are now mixing and through artificial intelligence able to mimic John Lennon's voice to finish the song. John has been dead since 1981. You have to wonder if this will be the next greatest hit by the Beatles or much to do about nothing. No word on the release date. One of the rarest stats in baseball is the perfect game. That's where a pitcher retires 27 batters which is three batters per inning over nine innings. It is so rare there have been only 23 in baseball history going back to 1880. The Yankees have the most with four. The first perfect game was by Lee Richmond in 1880, pitching for the Worcester Ruby Legs. This tidbit of information has no significance to my story other than I wanted to say the Worcester Ruby Legs so you would know that there was once a professional team named the Worcester Ruby Legs. Oddly, there were three perfect games in 2012, the last time one was thrown. But there was one pitcher in history who threw a perfect game and didn't get the credit. His name was Ernie Shore. 
Babe Ruth started as a pitcher with the Red Sox for a game against the Washington Senators on June 23, 1917. He walked the first batter and argued with the umpire over it. After trading insults about eyesight and their mothers, Ruth punched Owens for what he perceived were bad calls. He was ejected from the game. Shore relieved him, and they threw Morgan out trying to steal. Shore then retired the next 26 batters. Looks like New York might be the next state to jump on the reparations bandwagon. Their state legislature passed a bill that would create a commission to study the effects of slavery and racial discrimination and to make recommendations for restitution from the government. Wait, wasn't New York a northern non-slavery state? The reparations matter should be watched carefully by us in Illinois, as it won't be long until Springfield takes up the matter, even though Illinois was also a non-slavery northern state. I can see Governor Pritzker's beaming face now when he shoves it down the throats of us Illinoisans. He doesn't have to worry. He's sitting on $3.5 billion of personal wealth. I give it no more than a year before it's brought up. After Trump's court appearance, he held a rally for his supporters denouncing Biden and the government. Interestingly, CNN and MSNBC didn't televise the event. CNN was afraid Trump's speech would upset all six of their viewers. Jake Tapper of CNN, harump the Trump says things that are untrue and might be dangerous. Rachel Maddow of MSNBC regurgitated the same slop Tapper gave, but like a tree falling in a forest, does it make a sound if nobody hears it? There's no doubt that Trump is going to bluster and say some things that might make you cringe a bit, but for crying out loud, he's leading the pack by a wide margin, and there is a good chance he could be president again. And there is CNN and MSNBC sitting on the sidelines of history. I listened to my first episode of Tucker on Twitter. He's back with the oratorical clarity of his convictions that we all respected. I would urge listeners to look him up. In this episode, he talks about the anti-Trump effort in Washington to remove the Republican frontrunner from their fiefdom. He points out that Trump's fate was sealed when, as a candidate running for president, he called out the military-industrial complex for invading Iraq after 9-11. During the debate, Trump shouted several times there were no weapons of mass destruction. It was a lie. He also admonished them for destabilizing the Middle East with that war. Tucker stated eloquently, Yes, Donald Trump is a flawed man, but his sins are minor compared to those of his persecutors. In this life, we don't get to choose our martyrs. We can only choose our principles, and America's are at stake. He would also say, Trump is certainly guilty of one thing, opposing establishment Washington on behalf of the American people. In those 16 words said by Tucker Carlson, he precisely hit upon what I have been trying to say with thousands of words in the past seven years about Trump. The man has warts, but his most redeeming quality is he isn't a politician. That's why I like him, and we'll probably vote for him again. Tucker mentioned the documents Trump withheld at his Mar-a-Lago home, which is why he was recently indicted. He went on to accuse Biden of trying to lock up his chief rival, something we all suspect but can't prove because the FBI and DOJ are run by notorious criminals. My words, not Tucker's. 
Nobody with Trump's views is allowed to have power in this country. Criticize our wars and you're disqualified. If you keep it up, you go to prison, said Tucker. It was at this point of Carlson's monologue, something struck me, and this is me speculating, not Tucker. If Tucker is right that all of Washington is out to get Trump, and I believe they are, perhaps those documents Trump had is proof of what he has said about the warmongering that goes on in Washington on both sides of the aisle. If the government removed those documents, I would bet Trump has copies stashed somewhere. Can Washington honchos take that chance? Will they really drag him into an actual trial and put those files on record? You know, if Trump is even allowed to live, this trial may be the most sensational event in history, folks. Hey, congratulations to the players of the Las Vegas Golden Knights on earning their platinum VIP passes, granting free lap dances for life. Yep, the Larry Flint Hustlers Club promised free lap dances for life should the Knights win the Stanley Cup, and that's exactly what they did. The Knights won Game 5 over the Florida Panthers to win Lord Stanley's Cup on Tuesday night. General Manager Brittany Rose of the Gentleman's Club has to live up to her into the bargain now. The line starts tonight. Have you ever been involved in a hostage situation? Me neither. But if you happen to be involved in an incident in Tempe, Arizona, requiring a SWAT team, you might be negotiating with royalty. That's because 27-year-old Candace Canaval, a trained hostage negotiator with the Tempe Police Department, is Arizona's newest Miss Arizona and will compete in the Miss USA pageant later this year. The multifaceted Canaval has a degree in political science and criminal justice. This might not be the last time you hear about this young lady. With the exception of a couple of reviews for the back cover, nothing new to report on my upcoming novel, Roll Me Away. After a beehive of activity on several fronts, I find myself now checking emails often to see if they've sent me anything. Well, this has got to be everybody's worst nightmare or greatest gag. Bella Castro, 76 of Ecuador, had been declared dead, presumably of a stroke. They were having a wake for her when someone heard knocking on her coffin from the inside. Ms. Castro was taken back to the same hospital that originally declared her dead. She's now alive and, well, I don't know about well, but she's alive. This podcast is brought to you by Core Street Ford in their 40th year of servicing people in Kankakee County. Stop by their showroom at 558 William Latham Drive in Bourbonnet and check out that amazing GT in the showroom. Core Street Ford is open from Monday through Saturday, offering new car and truck sales, pre-owned autos, and vehicle servicing. You can call them at 815-348-7024 or check out their website at www.corestreetford.com. Order the Ford of your dreams today. And now I want to talk about the PGA and LIV merger. The announcement, the Professional Golf Association, PGA, the DP World Tour, Europe's version of the PGA, and the LIV Tour are merging is not without precedent in professional sports. In 1903, the National League and the American League merged to form the North American Professional Baseball Organization. Up until then, they were two entirely independent organizations, and that merger has worked well. That doesn't mean we have to like this merger in golf 
details of which are still emerging and still will be a year from now. I have been an outspoken critic, imagine that, of the LIV tour and have more reasons to be now. When the LIV started, it was done with the intent of luring away some of Goff's top players by throwing obscene money at them. Fresh off their failed attempt to take over horse racing, Saudi Arabia's Public Investment Fund, PIF, turned its sights to professional golf. The PIF is the sovereign wealth fund of Saudi Arabia with assets of nearly $620 billion. It was created in 1971 for purposes of investing funds on behalf of the Saudi government. Let me repeat that. It was created in 1971 for purposes of investing funds on behalf of the Saudi government. This means the Saudis are using money we have poured into that country to purchase oil in order to buy off Gulf's better players with obscene contracts. This would be the oil we did not need to purchase had we drilled our own rather than building their enormous PIF. For the record, a recent American oil and gas report states the U.S. has 264 billion untapped barrels of oil in the ground compared to Saudi Arabia's 212 barrels. The Saudis are not our ally and should not be treated as such. According to the human rights organization Grant Liberty, the Saudis are sports washing which is the practice of investing in sporting events in a bid to smooth over their human rights abuses. In simpler words, buying their way in. In recent years, under Mohammed bin Salman, the Saudis have arrested women's rights activists and clergymen. It has been fronting a war in Yemen that has killed over 100,000 people through airstrikes. Where do you suppose they got their jets? Salman was responsible for the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi in 2018, according to a declassified U.S. intelligence report. Perhaps worst of all is the Saudis' involvement with 9-11. Their role in the attack has been downplayed by our own government due to diplomatic immunity. That's code for we want their oil. These goons were heavily involved with the hijackers, according to many credible sources. A foreign attack on U.S. soil killed 2,997 Americans on 9-11 and untold numbers since due to the diseases developed from cleaning the mess up, and we know who did it. Back to golf. PGA Chairman Jay Monahan claims the merger will unify the game and all litigation ended. Want to bet? Phil Mickelson has a $138 million contract. Who's going to pick up that tab? Do they really think Dustin Johnson's agent is going to let him walk away from his $97 million contract, of which the agent is in for about $15 million? Fat chance. Eventually, Golf's Brass intends to put all three organizations under one for-profit company. The new partnership would require approval from the PGA Policy Board, and there will be a capital investment from the PIF. That indicates the PGA wants in on all that big money being thrown around by Saudi Arabia. Human rights be damned. It should be noted the chairman of this new for-profit company will be a Saudi with a name I can't even pronounce. This is not about appeasing the PGA players or welcoming back those players who defected to the LIV tour. Heck, none of the players even knew this merger was being contemplated. 
it was as much of a surprise to them as it was to me and you. It's about the money, folks, and the PGA brass wanted some of it, regardless of where it comes from. How they are going to work out paying loyal PGA players like hugely popular Roy McElroy, an outspoken critic of LIV, less guaranteed money to play the same tournament that LIV player Bruce Kepka, who just won the PGA Championship tournament, is anybody's guess. It's said that Tiger Woods turned down $800 million from the LIV tour. Can the Saudis afford to guarantee money to all of the top golfers in the world? Another wrinkle has developed. Representative John Garamendi of California has introduced the No Corporate Tax Exemption for Professional Sports Act. It would end tax loopholes professional sports leagues get in order to evade paying federal corporate tax. I didn't know that they were not paying federal corporate tax. That is one California Democrat I can get behind. I'll bet it goes nowhere, though. All that money in pro sports and it's not being taxed. The LIV tour should have never been allowed to play in the U.S. in the first place. Like a virus that has now morphed into this mess that will take years to sort out, cause acrimony among players and fans, insult the 9-11 victims' families, and more than likely produce more lawsuits, not less. The PGA has sold its soul to the devil. That's all I got for you today, folks. Hope you liked the episode. You can visit my website at www.weberswhippingpost.com for past blogs and podcasts. Or send me a note with your thoughts about the program, and I might just send you a Weber's Whipping Post hat. Thanks a million for listening in. Please tell others about this podcast. So long, folks. Mm-hmm.